And welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. Of course, that is Impact Media's weekly dive into the world of professional wrestling, MMA, and uh, combat sports in general. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. Welcome in. Uh, before we get started, of course, if you want to follow the show, at Team Impact Media on Twitter, at the Impact 99 on basically any social media platform will find myself where you can find links and other things. Uh, let's see, what uh, Facebook, just look Impact Media. We have a couple pages. Uh, you can also look Strong Style to easily find us. And of course, if you're wherever you get your podcast, if there is a way to rate, review the show, or leave a question, comment, suggest, anything like that, we implore you to do so. It makes things go uh, go better for the show, which means we can continue to bring you amazing content and not charge you for it. I get it. Other people have other schematics. I like the fact that I don't have to charge you guys. Now, what is going on in the world of mixed martial arts and professional wrestling? Well, in the wrestling world, there are a couple. There's a big paper. There are a couple of the big headlines, and yes, we're going to get into them. There's a quite large pay per view. I've, I've actually attended one of these before live, and it's uh, yeah, it's something else. Uh, that's coming up. Another big wrestling dominating headline is a prominent member of management and also a pretty dang good wrestler is leaving the organization he is a part of and we'll have some on that. Of course, we will talk UFC 271. They've also got UFC Fight Night coming up this weekend and Bellator 274. But as we always, almost always, like to do, because, hey, when we reached out to you guys, you guys said you guys like when we start with WWE. So, we're going to start with the WWE. And of course, that means we start with Raw. And on Raw last week, uh, it opened up with the Alpha Academy and RK Bro in a trivia bowl. Now, I know a lot of you guys groan and you roll your eyes and, oh, what are they doing and this and that. And oh, Hold on. Here's what they're doing. They are keeping this rivalry fresh with not only new ideas like racing on scooters, like a trivia bowl, um, and all the various other things they've done. And they've kept this going not just with different things and, and little funny, kind of corny things here and there, cheesy things, but they're still entertaining because these four are a pretty good mix. And they're not having to have matches and run-ins and attacks and, you know, things like that, like almost every other rivalry does. I like it. It's different. They're doing something different. Alpha Academy is champs. I have no problem with. RK Bro chasing the titles. That's fine, too. I think they have their place at the moment. And I believe that place is as the chaser of the title, not the title holder. Now you can split them later. They can do whatever they want to do. That's fine. All that stuff. But for now, RK Bro, they're trying to get their titles back. I think Alpha should retain them. Because there's a whole host of people they could defend them against before either running into RK Bro again or maybe a team that gets called up. I haven't heard anything of you. Didn't think so. Or 
maybe there's a team on the roster that they drop them to. There's some teams that are that are I think going to be a bigger part of the mix here soon, and we'll we'll see what happens with that. But RK Bro wins the trivia bowl and uh, goes off to celebrate. Alpha's a little upset about it. They can't be too upset though because they have a match against Street Profits soon thereafter. Uh, Alpha Academy ends up with a win. Street Profits are, are, they're a team you could push. You could see them as tag team champions again. Uh, not when they keep dropping every other match, but there's also a small story that I saw where Montez Ford, he is the uh, high flyer of the Street Profits. He said that his match with Lashley handful of weeks ago kind of got kind of got this itch started with him about doing uh, a little more solo things and I don't think he's going to split the team but he would like to do a handful more solo matches and hey I don't have a problem with that good for him uh, D'Angelo Dawson is a solid performer as well so you know, maybe, now, don't dangle that carrot over the WWE because they are notorious for splitting teams, putting one on one show and one on another. And uh, it eventually completely breaks up the team. But, you know, Street Profits doing some solo stuff, not a bad idea. For one, kind of a weird logjam of tag people and kind of the same people in and out. So maybe they're like, we get fresh opponents. The Alexa Bliss stuff is interesting. There's a couple conspiracy theories that they're only doing it so they can sell a warehouse full of dolls. I don't think that's it. I think they wanted to continue this storyline with her and Charlotte way back when, after, what was Survivor Series or, or Day One or whenever that was. But what people fail to realize, or you just didn't know, which is fine, it took me a second to figure out why this long pause happened. Alexa had a couple procedures. She had some, uh, I don't know exactly what, but I know she had a surgery or procedure or so, and she was rehabbing some other injuries. She was banged up. So, it was a good time to let her take some time away, heal up. Uh, they didn't even really repackage the character that much. It's pretty much the same. And they let her personality blossom from it. Now, spoiler alert, because this pertains to the pay-per-view this weekend that we will talk about in a minute, Elimination Chamber, uh, Alexa was added to the women's Elimination Chamber. She was the mystery person. They, I think they were trying to figure out either A, if she was going to be physically able to do so, doctor note, you know, doctor clearing her, and B, I, I think they didn't know what direction they wanted to go. But she's been added to that match. I, that's interesting. I don't think there should, I don't necessarily think there should be a men's Elimination Chamber, but I don't think there should be a women's. It's not a fun structure. It isn't a video game, but I have attended. It was way back when. It was when uh, the ECW brand ran by WWE had one in uh, Augusta, which is um, hop, skip, and a jump from here. And we walked up to the very front and looked at the chamber. It ain't, it, there's no joke, there's no gimmick to this. It is steel, it is chain, it is a lot of uncomfortable places to land. And boy, just, man, it is, uh, it is something else. But I will talk about the elimination chamber here, here shortly. But they're adding Alexa to this. I want to see... When we go over the match, I'll add a little bit more about Alexa. Um, AJ picks up a win over Damian Priest, which is interesting. 
now I guess maybe he'll be going for that title or making it look more legitimate. I think it's about time Priest drops this title. Uh, it doesn't have to be the AJ. Uh, just drops it for a second. He could even win it back. That's fine. But yeah, it's not that he it's not that he he's not a good champion or something like that. It's it's that it's time for a fresh look. To me, they sometimes WWE gets guilty of, of swapping titles too quickly. Sometimes they do they don't do it enough. It's kinda of like a baseball manager with his pitchers. There's there's kind of a way to mismanage that. And I think sometimes they get guilty of doing that. Priest is somebody they definitely, definitely believe in. They want to elevate him to higher levels. You can see that. But for now, they're they're parking him right there at that U.S. title spot. Having him face AJ is is going to be great. AJ will will help showcase him even more. But I just I think it's time at some point here in the next couple months. Let's let's have him drop the title. Let's see if he can carry his brand without having uh, the uh, pounds of steel on the shoulder. The Miz Dominic Mysterio thing, I think this is I think Ray has already said he's he will not sign off ever on him and his son having to face each other, which makes perfect sense because we all know at some point WWE had a storyline where a young Dominic was supposedly confused that Ray or Eddie Guerrero could be his father and that went on for six months. That just it was awful. It was awful. Don't question something like that. That's ridiculous. Uh, but having the Miz get a chance to also, the Master Mechanic, he has also got to showcase Dominic Mysterio. This is, they're trying to build up Dominic as a standalone and not just as a tag-along for his dad. Dom can go. Dom's been wrestling for a couple of years. He's not bad. He he needs to round out some of these corners, though, some of these sharp edges he has, and somebody like The Miz will, will definitely do that. I want to, we'll, I'm going to have to get into the Elimination Chamber in a minute to get into a couple of the matches there, because that's going to be how I'm going to be able to really get into a couple of the people that, uh, that I got here. Uh, Becky Lynch, Lita, that's coming up. We'll talk about that in a minute. They had a, a verbal debate, I guess is a way to put it, because it really didn't get that heated. Becky Lynch said, to a point, uh, hey, kids, make sure you don't meet your heroes, because uh, a lot of times you're disappointed. Like, okay, see where you're going with this. It's, it's once again, WWE is bringing back people who made tons of money for them in the past, in order to try to put over the now talent. It would be like, uh, let's let's go to basketball with this, which is stay away from baseball since they're having their own issues. It would be like if the NBA brought back Michael Jordan knowing that, uh, let's say Trey Young here in Atlanta, uh, Trey Young might at some point get the upper hand on Michael Jordan because he's half of his age. It's, it would be like if they did that. They're like, oh, Jordan, come back. We want you to still do some amazing things. And, hey, if you end up winning, that's great. We're going to have you play one-on-one -on -one against one of the top stars in the league. Okay. But why are we using the past to set up the future? Just put in the work. Build up the people you have now. Uh, let's go to SmackDown. Let's see. Was there any... You know, it's fun to see Kofi and Big E tagging together. They've been doing some good stuff against Los Lotharios, who last time I checked are actually going to get a name change and potentially a big boost soon. And it's also weird that none of the four of them, I believe, are on this weekend's card. And neither is Aaliyah and Natalia, who have continued to have a little bit of a program going. It seems like the whole reason to set this up between those two was to introduce Zia Lee 
who's going to apparently take on Natalia, who now is the gatekeeper. She's apparently the first one. You, when you first get to SmackDown, you, you go through Natalia, which you'll be like everybody else and eventually get a win over her, even though she holds the record, like three Guinness records, four matches and things like that. Uh, Sami Zayn still trying to get his title back from Shinsuke Nakamura. It's interesting. Sami Zayn is is doing fantastic things right now. Nakamura is is unbelievable. Having Boogs in there, that's fine. But Zayn is still doing the stuff with Johnny Knoxville. I'm telling you guys, do not be surprised for WrestleMania match between Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn actually happens. Now there is some backlash in the back. Backlash, just the word I use, not meaning the actual pay-per-view they do, name that. There are some of the talent in the back who were very upset that Johnny Knoxville got a chance to be in the Royal Rumble. Because as recently as last year when filming uh, the Jackass stuff, the new movie and everything, he, I think, messed up some vertebrae. He had a concussion. I think he had a, a little bleeding in the brain area. And... They were upset that somebody like that was cleared to be in the Royal Rumble, who is not even a licensed wrestler, when Daniel Bryan years ago should have been cleared multiple times from his head injuries and never got to do that, had to leave the company to continue to wrestle. Legitimate right. But we all know they were trying to edge Daniel out, and they like to partner with people like Knoxville who will make them more money and get a new audience to watch them. So, that's that. Raw SmackDown, that, that's kind of, for the most part, what it was. It leads us to the Elimination <laughs> Chamber that's coming up. The Elimination Chamber, as I said, is no joke. It is... I can't even describe it. It's just chain and steel everywhere, and like I said, I'm not any good places to land. The Elimination Chamber, this is their second event down in Saudi Arabia. This will be in the uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, in the Jeddah Superdome. I like that they're branching out and doing some different things and starting to be a global brand again, not just telling people they are and doing everything from the States. They're, they're, they're taking some risk, and they seem to have found a good partnership in Saudi Arabia right now. Let's talk about these matches. Rey Mysterio is going to take on The Miz. Which means at some point, The Miz is probably going to cheat and win. Or Dominic is going to cost Rey the match. Something like that. But this is all leading up to Dominic and The Miz. We know that. I would say take The Miz if if you're trying to pick on this one. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Naomi are going to take on Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. This keeps the Naomi Sonya Deville storyline going. This kind of starts pushing Ronda and Charlotte more into a, a program that's obviously going to be at WrestleMania. That's already booked. But this is also so Ronda can get in shape. We saw when she came out the Royal Rumble, she's not in the shape she was before. But hey, she just had a kid. And she wasn't training. So once she gets back in, this will be part of a, a warm-up, part of a tune-up. She's in there with people that are going to help her. I, w- I would pick Ronda and Naomi in this one, carrying the momentum going forward. The Women's Elimination Chamber match, which I expect at least two of these six to be out for a week or two because this happens every time they do a match like this. It's the Morgan, it's Rhea Ripley, it's Bianca Belair, Dewdrop, Nikki A.S.H., and Alexa Bliss. Realistically, because this is to determine who faces the Raw champion, Becky Lynch, at WrestleMania. Realistically, you got to think maybe Rhea or Bianca or maybe Alexa Bliss. As far as a matchup that is probably going to draw pretty well, either Rhea Ripley or Bianca should. They're still building up Alexa to do some things. But her being the last entrant into this match... There's a chance they could go that direction. If I were putting money on it, I'd say Bianca Belair. 
because they like to push her and she's really popular. There's a false count anywhere match because I guess they flipped a coin over that or something else obscure. Where Drew McIntyre is going to take on Madcap Moss. They really like Moss. They think he could be a big draw down the road. You've already got the second biggest guy in the company he's facing in Drew McIntyre. McIntyre is obviously going to win this. But I think Moss can really put another stamp on his career that he can hang with the big guys, and he has a chance to be a big star. Uh, the Usos are going to defend their titles against the Viking Raiders. Hardly any buildup whatsoever on this. Once again, the Usos have ran through everybody in the division. They even do a shake-up and move people from one brand to another. They've beaten all of them. I like the Viking Raiders, but the Usos are not losing this match. Give me the Usos. Uh, moving forward on that one. Becky Lynch is defending her title against Lita. It's going to be fun to see Lita back, but, gosh, Lita hadn't been in a ring to compete in 10 years or better. This one will be a fun. It'll be a nostalgia. It'll be a little bit of a throwback, but Becky's keeping her title. She's moving on to WrestleMania. They... They could have picked a better spot for this. That leaves Roman Reigns defending against Goldberg. This is the same thing I was saying earlier about Lita. Hey, look, it's Goldberg. Hey, look, he made a lot of money before. He can still go in the ring. I don't expect him to beat Roman Reigns because then Goldberg would be your champion going into WrestleMania. And it needs to be Roman because we know he's probably going to face Brock Lesnar. Because it just makes sense and it makes the most money. That's what they're trying to do is make money. So give me Roman to keep his title there. Unless Brock gets involved, but no reason to do that. The men's match. It's going to be Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, Seth freaking Rollins, because they trademarked that, Austin Theory, Riddle, and AJ Styles. Realistically, it's it's Brock or it's Seth. They really, really like Austin Theory. That's why he has so many Vince McMahon promos in the back. AJ is there for fun spots. So is Riddle. And lastly, he's there to make it look legitimate because he's the actual champ. What makes sense going forward? is actually for for Bobby to probably win this and be the champion going into WrestleMania in a little over a month. Because Brock versus Roman doesn't have to be champ versus champ, and it honestly doesn't need to be because you're taking up belts that you don't need. These two are, it's already a grudge match. That being said, Brock is on the poster. Could be a way of tipping their hand. Give me Brock to win somehow. I don't know what they're going to do with the belt going forward. It just is what it is. Moves us to... Moves us to NXT. NXT's been lighting it up. In fact, I believe it's... Is it this coming week? Yeah, this coming week, they did Vengeance Day. I was going to throw back to an old pay-per-view that they're going to do during their weekly show. That's fine. Call it whatever they want. We had the semifinals of the Dusty Tag Team Classic. The Creed Brothers with a big win over the Grizzled Young Vets. They're building the Creed Brothers up pretty good. They are going to take on MSK, who took out Idris Anafe and Malik Blade. A fun little team they put together, but MSK has been a team for about a decade. They used to be in Impact Wrestling. They were in other places. These guys have been teaming for a long time. Honestly, you can have MSK win that twice, win it two times in a row. I think this is a good opportunity to push the Creed Brothers and to push a different team. MSK doesn't need to win this. And neither does, and they don't, you know, they don't necessarily need the tag belts. They've proven that. They're fun. People like them. 
probably the most entertaining match of last week was Tiffany Stratton versus Wendy Chu. You know, Tiffany Stratton comes out as the uh, spoiled rich kid, uh, has her dad's credit cards and, and uh, whines a lot when she doesn't get away. It's, she does a really good job with it. And then you get Wendy Chu, who comes out in her pajamas with a body pillow and a frappuccino cup. Complete clash of styles, but this match was incredible. Stratton being the former gymnast can do some really, really good things. A lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of maneuvers that, that a lot of other people can't do because they're just not trained to do it. And Wendy too, it's you don't realize how good she is until she really gets moving around in there. Uh, I think both of them are gonna do some some good things. Stratton gets the win here. But Wendy Chu is one of those people that right now she's gaining popularity. Let's see some other things from NXT. Pete Dunne came out at a had a decent showing. Of course, Tony D'Angelo comes down there. They they're going to continue their thing. Um, La Knight took on Songa. He actually did a good job on that. Songa, of course, being the henchman of Grayson Waller, so that that continues. At some point, we're going to see Waller versus Knight. It's going to be a little bit down the road. Sanga, for a big guy, he's not bad. He's not bad at all. Uh, There was a big showdown in the ring. You had Escobar from LDF, Legado del Fantasma. You had Braun Breaker down there. Uh, then Dolph Ziggler shows up. Then Tommaso Ciampa shows up. And then a melee happened, as we all thought it would. But that's interesting. If Dolph is suddenly not only not with Robert Roode as a tag team, but he's down in NXT. He's kind of doing the AJ thing. He's, he's down there helping the other talent. Uh, that's, that's something that could really, really elevate the bronze and and other people down there. Uh, Saray took on Dakota Kai. This was probably the second best match. Saray and her like repackaging of suddenly she's going to be better than she was before. It's just bad booking before. It wasn't her fault. She's got like more edge to her this time around. And against somebody like Dakota Kai, who is kind of lost in in the gray matter right now, but can still go. Still one of the top talents. Really good match. Really good match. So Ray gets the win in it. And then we got Mandy Rose versus Kaylee Ray. There was people everywhere towards the end. Uh, Kaylee Ray gets taken out. And then Mandy Rose retains. It, it, there was no buildup. For this to be a number one contenders, there was absolutely no story, no build-up, no reason why, except for that Kaylee Ray has a, a bat and likes to smash things. Yeah, did absolutely nothing. When you go to AEW, we get the continuation of the MJF CM Punk stuff. Now, of course, this involved the rest of the faction where Spears... And Tully and FTR and Wardlow are out there. And uh, Andrade is playing a part in this. And so is Sting and Darby Allen. Not much, but it it looks like to me, at some point, Matt Hardy is kind of going to step aside. Him and his brother are kind of going on a last hurrah tour all across the indie scene. And uh, Andrade is probably going to take over the Matt Hardy role of, of leading that group of talent. Um, the Blade took on Wardlow. Wardlow just mopped the floor with him. It's like they're trying to build Wardlow into like the new Goldberg, but you can't. 
There's only one Goldberg for a reason. Wardlow's good. Don't damage a kid early because he, he could be something down the road. He's, he's, he's good, and you could make him better. Uh, Jericho and Hager and Guevara kind of stood against Santana and Ortiz. It's gonna, uh, Guevara turned in his vest and said, when you guys figure it out, let me know. Jericho and Hager are going to take on Santina, Santana and Ortiz uh, this week to uh, kind of hash things out. Looks like the inner circle could kind of be going their own way anyway. Like I said, the one to worry about then is Hager, who doesn't really have anywhere to go. Guevara can do his thing solo. Santana and Ortiz are a team. Jericho can go back to, to you know, minimalizing some things and probably going back on tour. Wonder where Hager goes, unless he's going to go fight Bellator more. But I haven't heard anything on that front, so we'll just have to see what he's going to do. Um, the fact that Jay White not only has shown up on AEW and Impact Wrestling is fantastic. He's probably one of the top five wrestlers in the world. He's still the leader in New Japan of the Bullet Club, the newest incarnation of the Bullet Club. And him being in AEW, where a majority of the rest of the Bullet Club are currently, that makes things interesting. Because at some point, Kenny Omega is going to come back, and he's going to wonder why Jay White is out here trying to be him. And Jay White's going to wonder why Kenny Omega thinks he's still in charge. It's going to lead to some fantastic matches. That, and they had a face of the revolution Qualification match, I don't know if that's going to be another Battle Royal random thing they do or if this is part of a, a tournament or whatever it is, but Isaiah Cassidy got fed to a, a bear. You would say a wolf, but it's a bear. Uh, Keith Lee showed up in AEW, and he just, it was a massacre on Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, Keith Lee's going to be a fun addition over there. He's going to give some interesting matchups to some people. Somewhere down the road, you could get him and Wardlow. You could because Keith Lee can move, so he could actually go against a lot of uh, of the good talent there. And this was, like I said, part of the Matt Hardy. He kind of walked out during the match the same way Jeff did during another part of why he got let go in WWE. I think he was just pushing a storyline now that they're going to use. That's fine. Um, FTR took on CM Punk and John Moxley because FTR said, said, uh, yeah, we challenge you to a tag match, CM Punk, and it can't be Darby and it can't be Sting. And uh, good luck finding somebody in the back that will team with you. Well, John Moxley's never been afraid of a fight, never been afraid to do that. So they come out there, pretty good little team. I don't know if they knew each other on the Indies or not, but CM Punk and John Moxley... They can wrestle well together. This is probably a one-off, though. Um, let's see. What else was there? Oh, in the Texas death match, you get Hangman Page, who defended his title against Lance Archer. There, uh, there were some just crazy spots. At one point, the top rope was completely loosened. And so it makes it hard to do the buckshot lariat to win. So what did Hangman do? Well, he was on the apron. He threw something down so that the ref picked it up. And when he bent down, he leapfrogged him with the flip and did the buckshot lariat that way. Thought that was a good spot. And Archer proves that even though we knew he wasn't going to win, he's a big bruiser of a guy. And he deserves these top spots when he gets the opportunity. Move from Dynamite to Rampage. We got to see the Young Bucks take on Rapongi Vice. It's been years since we've seen Rapongi Vice. They were over in New Japan. It is Trent Beretta. And it is Rocky Romero. Over in New Japan, they were one of the most popular tag teams 
years ago they decided to split because Rocky was taking a little time away, and he said Trent should do a solo run and do some fantastic things and really grow. And instead, Trent partnered up with Chuck T and brought best friends back. Which is fine, because then we got things like Orange Cassidy, who was also out there. And not only was Orange Cassidy out there, his new little riding buddy, Dan Housen, was there. Once again, if you do not know who Orange Cassidy or Dan Housen are, I implore you to use that little Google on your phone or your favorite search device. Go check it out. Jay White also showed up towards the end of this. The Young Bucks do get the win, thanks to Jay White, but... It was so cool to see Rapongi Vice again. We were supposed to see it last week, and Rocky Romero got COVID. So it was good to see that not only is he doing better and was not affected uh, by having it, and we got to see this team one more time. The storyline between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Mercedes Martinez, you got uh, Jamie Hayter, you can throw in Rebel if you want, against Thunder Rosa. I'm trying to see where they're going with it. Because we know Britt's probably going to retain. Thunder Rosa's not big enough in the AEW scene to take the title off of her. Mercedes Martinez just showed up, so her and Thunder Rosa can continue their brawls that they've had for over a decade on the indie scene. It's just, they're running out of opponents for Brit. They need to, maybe they need to start cross-promoting some things in this, this uh, supposed forbidden door, even though they do a talent exchange now. Maybe, maybe you get some people from Impact or New Japan or AAA. You got to bring in somebody because she's practically beating everybody on the roster. Um, Hook had a big win over some some guy that QT Marshall trains, and then QT Marshall was out there and he got popped again. And then we get to the main event, which was the Jungle Express defending their titles against the Gun Club. Once again, AEW has tipped their hand because if they would have built up the gun club a little bit, of course, those are the sons of Billy Gunn, who was out there, Austin, and I forgot the other one. But they've tipped their hand because they've been promoting that, I believe, Austin is on one of the, the Bachelor or Bachelorette, or one, he's on one of those shows coming up. So... That means they've either filmed it already, or they're going to be filming it soon, and he's going to be gone and or promoting that. So, why would a team made up of a guy who's about to be promoting a different show win a title? Exactly. Plus, Jungle Express just won. They're going to go through some people here soon, and then it'll build up into some bigger matches. They'll face FTR. They'll face um, some of the bigger, more established teams. Still a good match. The Gun Club are, are fantastic workers. I think with a little bit of a push, they could come full circle, you know, six, eight months from now and get another title shot, and it wouldn't surprise me if they won. <coughs> Let's move to Impact Wrestling. No affiliation. Uh, Josh Alexander took on a big call, uh, took on a guy named Big Con. He looks like Connor that used to be in WWE. Pretty sure that's who it was. He completely ran over this guy. And then him and Scott Demore got into this weird verbal spat. It looks like Josh Alexander is going to be gone from the company. This is a guy that they built up over the years. He had a fantastic two or three year run. Tag belts, world title. He's faced people like Charlie Haas. He's just, he's had a ridiculously good run but it looks like his contract expired before they could redo it and his visa because yes he's Canadian his visa is expiring about the same time as well 
and I hear that hasn't been passed through. So, just like a handful of other people, if your visa is not valid and not ready to go, your work visa, you get sent home. So, this is probably the end of Josh Alexander, who is a fan favorite, and they don't look like they're doing much to help him out. Now there, No Surrender pay-per-view is this weekend as well. They will be going, uh, they're going to go on Saturday night to kind of avoid NASCAR and avoid uh, WWE. I believe Elimination Chamber is on, actually I think it's on the 19th as well. But a lot of, you're seeing that a lot of these, You've seen that a lot of these companies are trying not to go head-to-head with things like NASCAR and things like the NFL if they can. Because it's hard to go against things that are doing really well and draw really well. But uh, we'll talk about their pay-per-view here in a second. Uh, in one of one of the better matches of the card last week, Deanna Perrazzo defended... I think she has so many belts, she lets you pick. It didn't matter which one she was defending against Santana Garrett, who is another indie darling that is one of the best in the last decade. But it's, she just hasn't gotten a foothold to where she could stay solidly in a place for more than a handful of months. She dominated WoW, which is coming back, I think, later in the summer. With people like AJ Mendez, aka Mrs. CM Punk, uh, on the writing staff and commentary, that should be a lot of fun. But uh, good match. Santana can can wrestle every bit as good as as Deanna can. But Deanna's on a roll. She's probably one of the best female wrestlers on the planet. So of course she wins. Uh, Chelsea Green and Mickey James had a pretty good match up until Savannah and. Tasha Steele's come down, of course, because Tasha needs Mickey to have the belt so that her match this weekend makes sense. Um, let's see. We had Matt Taven take on Rhino. Or it was actually Mike Bennett and Matt Taven who took on Rhino and Rick Swan. It's Once again, we get this invasion angle where people are coming in trying to threaten to take over Impact Wrestling, and then and Impact Wrestling goes to the back and picks the most random people as the people to defend them. It's just that it makes no sense, because people who don't know, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett have been a tag team on and off for about seven years. So they know what they're doing. Let's see... And it, this was a weird moment. Well, there was a lot of weird moments, but this was before we get into their card. It was a no-DQ match. It was Brian Myers versus W. Morrissey. Moose come down at the end. He didn't need Moose. Morrissey and Myers had a, a pretty decent match for a while, and then the thumbtacks came out, and Brian Myers got powerbombed into them two or three times. He had tacks from the top of his head to the bottom of his boots. I'm not a fan of him at all. And he had a weird Instagram post where he's, he kind of hinted towards this could be the end of his impact run because maybe his contract expiring or maybe he's just tired of being on the other end of thumbtacks. I wouldn't blame him at all. They got the, the uh, No Surrender coming up this weekend. Where we're going to get, uh, it's an open challenge, Deanna Perrazzo versus whoever they bring in. If they were going to bring in somebody from another company, they've got people in AEW. The other thing, it needs to be legitimate people, not just random people. Because she needs to face somebody night. Now, they've done a good job with the NWA relationship. We've seen Melina. We've seen, that's how Mickey James come back in. So we'll see who they put against her there. But my pick, take Perrazzo. 
Ace Austin is going to face Chris Bay, Jake Something, and Speedball Mike Bailey. This is a four-way match to be the number one contender for the Impact X Division Championship. The way it's going right now, the people that they, they really have been pushing big time is either Chris Bay because of the Bullet Club or Jake Something, who needs a way better name because they're dropping the ball on that as well. I would say Chris Bay because I feel like his compadres are going to help him out. Matt Cardona is going to defend his Impact Digital Media Championship against Jordan Grace. I would expect him to do something underhanded again to beat her. It's going to eventually create a match where it is Cardona and his wife, Chelsea Green, who will face Jordan Grace and her husband, the current Ring of Honor champion. I think they're married. Maybe they're maybe they're just engaged or something. I don't know. They've been together a while. But Jonathan Gresham, Atlanta's own, by the way. Uh Black Taru is finally going to face off against Jonah. Finally, somebody who is closer to Jonah's size, but as good as Taru is, Jonah's going to win that one pretty easily. Eric Young is going to take on Jay White in a match that will be very physical and very brutal. These are two guys who know how to be super physical. You're going to get that New Japan strong style. Yes, the name of the show. That's where I get it from. You're going to get that strong style where it's just a lot of physicality in how they tell the match. I still take Jay White in that one. The Good Brothers, it's Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. They're going to defend their belts against the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tongaloa. Remember, I told you guys that the Gorillas of Destiny are two of the sons of Haku from way back in the 80s, or Ming, as you may have known him in the 90s. Um, yeah, the Gorillas of Destiny are probably going to win those belts, as they should and as they need to. They have been one of the best teams on the planet for a, a good while. Not many people knew about them, though, because they were in New Japan. They had passed on WWE opportunities before, which in the Ring of Honor and some other places. Being the Impact champ, that's going to get them in front of some eyeballs for sure. Mickey James is going to defend the Impact Knockouts Championship against Tasha Steeles. Yeah, nothing personal Tasha, but there hasn't been a lot of build-up on this one either. Mickey's probably going to retain. It makes better sense if she does. Although, if Tasha found a way to win, good for her. She's finally getting an opportunity after they split her from her tag partner two months ago and gave her Savannah Evans. We're going to get Team Impact, which, once again, get out your bingo card and see if we can get a bingo off the randomness that this is. Uh, Team Impact is Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, Rhino, Rich Swan, and Steve Macklin, who people think are going to flip on everybody. My guess is is he probably won't. He could. I don't know why he would join the Ring of Honor crew, though, because he was never in Ring of Honor. But that team is going to face Honor No More, who is Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, Vincent, and Kenny King. Atlanta's own Kenny King. I will claim him as well. Uh, if Honor No More wins, they get to stay in Impact Wrestling. If Team Impact wins, Honor No More will be gone for good. Here's the weird thing about this. Impact Wrestling is just quirky and weird enough to where they would sign somebody for a two-month contract like this entire group of people, get everybody excited about them, and then let them go on their merry way. But also, they're also weird and quirky enough on their writing squad. I could see Honor No More winning, hanging around a little bit longer. And, uh, I mean, at least until, what, April when Ring of Honor kicks back up. Maybe this was just a placeholder, something for these guys to do until they get over there. Or this is going to bridge another <laughs> gap between these two companies, where when Ring of Honor does kick back up, they can use Impact Wrestling. And Impact Wrestling can use them. I'm going to side on the fact that Honor No More, who is the better overall team anyway and the better talent, they're probably going to win and stick around. We're going to finally get <laughs> Moose versus W. Morrissey for the Impact World Championship. 
Moose has been a great champ. Debbie Morrissey, very physical, does some big-time things. I just, the weird thing is, is Moose has gotten the best of W. Morrissey majority of the time. That usually tells you that the other guy's going to win. But it just makes more sense for Moose to be the champ. So I'm taking Moose. I think you should, too. Uh, New Japan, they're still showing old, older matches because they just recently fired back up their live tour after taking a hiatus because of COVID. They had Tanahashi versus the Switchblade, Jay White, in, for the 2019 IWGP heavyweight title. This is when Jay White won the title over Tanahashi. Man, this, this was like 42 minutes of just throwing the kitchen sink at each other. Really, really good. If you didn't get a chance to see it, I think it's probably on their streaming service. New Japan, every Thursday, is back on Axis. You should check it out. That's all the pro wrestling. Real quickly, UFC 271 was was uh, last weekend. We had uh, Jared Cannonier over Derek Brunson with the second round KO in the middleweight division. This kind of moves Cannonier up into a kind of kind of think about at some point he's going to be looking at a title shot. But I'll get to that in a second. We had in the knockout of the night by far, Ty Shuavasa, as they are calling him, but Tuavasa with the just incredible second round elbow strike. It was the elbow. It was the fist. It was a lot of stuff. Knocking out Derek Lewis uh, in what most people didn't see coming. Now, I picked him. I told you Tuavasa was going to win that because they were going to throw bombs from their feet, and Tuavasa is better at that. Once again, Derek Lewis doesn't do well in his hometown of Houston. He should consider not fighting there. And everybody thought this was a warm-up match for Derek Lewis to get back in the title picture. And instead, when number three gets beat by number six, I think he should swap spots. Uh, what's next for Tuavasa? i got to kind of lean with Uncle Chael there, and why not Andre Orlovsky? Arlovsky to Avasa, and the winner of that propels himself up in the uh, really up into the top echelon for maybe getting a heavyweight shot very, very soon. Of course, the main event was Israel Adesanya versus Whitaker. Unanimous decision, Adesanya won that fight. I had him win in at least three rounds. Oh, Whitaker, you, you, he definitely got one. You, you could have gave him... A second round, but it didn't matter. Three to two or four to one is still a win for Adesanya. And see, here's the thing. As I said, Jared Cannonier gets the big win over Brunson. So you would think, okay, well, with Whitaker losing to Adesanya, now Israel should take on Jared Cannonier. Before Cannonier beat Brunson last week, the last time he was in the octagon cage, he lost to Robert Whitaker, who just lost to Adesanya. That's why there's now a logjam. Because if you move Cannoneer up there, then you go, well, Cannoneer got beat by Whitaker, who just got beat by Adesanya. But you got to put somebody up there, so why not? Just do it anyway. Uh, fight night is coming up this weekend. It is headlined by a light heavyweight battle between Johnny Walker and Jamahal Hill. I think it's Jamal Hill. Spell it Jamal Hill. That one should be pretty good. I'm going to take uh, Hill in that one over Walker. Kyle Dawkins is going to have a catchweight battle with Jamie Pickett. That, that tends to tell me that one of them couldn't make weight, so they decided to make it a catchweight, which means it's kind of an official, unofficial. It's an in-between. I don't know why you just don't bump it up. So if you're trying to make 205 in the light, light heavyweight division and you can't make 205, you make anything above that, then you just make it a heavyweight bout. That's what I think you should do. I'm going to take Kyle Dawkins in that one. He's got to avenge the loss. 
that his brother suffered about a month ago. And there are a ton of good fights. They finally have some more uh, females on the card this time around. Everything, I believe, is on ESPN+. And then not to be outdone, Bellator 274 is this weekend. It is headlined by Neiman Gracie versus Logan Storley. That should be really good. They are also on the 19th. Everybody is on Saturday this week for some reason. But uh, the welterweight division there, you get 11-2 and two versus 12-1. and one. I think Neiman Gracie with his jiu-jitsu and the fact that he's got about a three-inch height advantage, I actually think he's going to be able to take out Logan Storley in that one. Uh, you're going to get Andre Koroshov and Muhammad Berkamov. That's going to be fun in the welterweight. That's the co-main event. This card's loaded. You guys, you know. Saeed Salma's going to fight in this one. This card's loaded. Go check it out. Uh, if you go, if you get the Bellator app, go make your go make your predictions. You can build up points. I'm not sure what you can do with the points, but you can build up points. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing that. You can watch the weigh-ins live for this coming up. Just a ton of good action coming up this weekend, whether it's the Elimination Chamber, whether it's No Surrender, UFC, Bellator, all kinds of stuff. Uh, I do want to address this real quick before we get out of here. Uh, we hear that Cody Rhodes and Brandy are going to leave AEW, Cody being a founding member of management there, along with Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Tony Khan, I think there's another one. I don't know if Hangman's a part of that or not. I don't think he is. He was part of the initial signing class. But the way I see it is the, is the way that Cody is describing it as well. I think he feels like he, he's never been a part of that nucleus. They brought him in, and, and that was good. But most of these guys knew each other from Japan and the indie scene. And they, they've been just almost best friends forever. So Cody sees this as that he's been able to build up his brand. Wrestling is as popular now as it ever has been. I think he's going to, we're going to see him make a tour of different places. I You know, he may do what some of these other ones did. I don't know why he didn't say an AEW to do this. But he could go to Impact and do some things. He could go to New Japan. He could just make a small tour. A lot of people think he's going to go back to WWE and potentially face Roman or, you know, somebody like that at WrestleMania. It's possible. It's possible. Don't discount that. But if he goes to WWE, don't expect Brandy to go with him. But maybe she wants to stay at home and, and be a mom. They did just have a, uh, a beautiful little girl not not that long ago, right? Could see that. We'll know more about Cody here soon. It seems to me that he's just wanting to move on to a different chapter. And I think he feels like he's done everything he could in AEW. It's time to do something somewhere else. But, it's going to do it for us. Shout out to all you amazing people who make this show so much fun to come on and do. Talk pro wrestling, talk combat sports, talk MMA. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. You guys know how to get us. You know how to contact us. Look forward to hearing from you. Love your comments, questions, and suggestions. We are out of here for the week. We will see you guys next week. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. Deuces, gooses. <laughs>